When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. of the reality is as always it's newer uh happy christmas everyone merry chrysler merry chrysler <laughs> merry chrysler <laughs> merry chrysler uh on the podcast today we're going to be talking about may december um was it a netflix movie guys it was yes. all right netflix is as may december uh with my brother raheel and my friend sonia hi guys hello hello um so I wanted to talk to both of you about it because I don't know a lot of people who think about Mary Kayla Turno often. Um, but the people... I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> no. But when I think about but people who think about Mary Kayla Turno. You two have Mary Kayla Turno collages up in your bedroom. <laughs> You're like, for some reason, Mary Kayla Turno is on your vision boards. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, when the movie was, uh, like, when it came out and everybody was watching whatever, obviously, I went on Twitter and Sonia, like, all of your tweets about everything, I was like, oh, my God, she and Raheel really need to talk about this. Because Raheel also has, like, uh, an interesting amount of information in his head about Mary Kay Letourneau. Core memories. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about May, December today, and obviously a lot of that is going to be about um, touching into the reality of Mary Kay Letourneau and all of the scandal there, because I would say before reality TV, all we had was tabloids. And mm. so this is sort of, that was sort of my like jump into all of that stuff. But the movie, let's give like a quick synopsis of it. Um, the movie is about a woman named Elizabeth Berry. She is an actress and, it's, and she's played by Natalie Portman who visits Gracie Atherton Yu and her husband Joe Yu, played by Julianne Moore and Charles Melton, for a research for research um, for an upcoming movie um, where she's going to – it's supposed to be an indie movie and it's an upcoming role and Elizabeth is going to play Gracie. Um, 
And um, it's going to be a movie about Gracie and Joe's scandalous relationship because they have a 23-year age difference. And when they met, Joe was 13 and Gracie was 36. 36, yeah. 36, I have math. Yeah. Not my, my, not my boy. <laughs> um, so I didn't know anything about this movie before I started watching it. Um, and then I had to pause it and I was like, wait a fucking minute. And then I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me watch the trailer first. And I was like, oh my God. And then so I, when I watched it with my husband, <laughs> like 10 minutes in, he goes, guy looks young enough to be his, her son or something. And I was like, oh my God, I have no idea what this movie is about. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> it was really sweet. <laughs> anyway, so obviously I knew about Mary Kay Letourneau. I don't think that he really thought about that. But did you guys, when you started watching this movie, did you know what it was about? And did you associate it with Mary Kay? And can you tell me a little bit about your memories and knowledge of Mary Kay? It's your so history with Mary Kay. <laughs> yeah, what's your history with Mary Kay Letourneau? Um, okay. And so, just to clarify, Mary Kay yeah. Letourneau is the stickers? Were those the stickers that you used to get in your <laughs> Um that's you're think you're thinking about Lisa Frank. Oh, there you go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. I gotta go watch this movie and come back, you guys. <laughs> I was about to be like, is he talking about OJ Pogs and <laughs> OJ Pogs? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, okay, so my my history with Mary Kay Letourneau. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I was a kid that was always really morbidly fascinated with like true crime tabloid type stuff, like from childhood. And I remember not hearing about this movie, not hearing about this case, the real case, until I watched the Lifetime movie with Penelope Ann Miller. And was like, what the hell is going on? Because like as a girl, you're always like shielded from like, don't let men be weird to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, growing up in the 2000s, like boys, I don't know, like it was just socialized, like older women, like prime MILF era, whatever. Yeah. And like the idea that like a, a grown woman could do this with a young boy was like mind blowing to me at that age. Mm -hmm. Um. So I've kind of been following the story ever since. I remember when she got out of jail. I remember when they got married and like People Magazine paid for the exclusive. Yes. Um, so I've just been morbidly fascinated by this case for as long as I can remember. Um, and I also remember because I was real. I was just getting into this before. <laughs> nor hopped on but like the other case i think of very distinctly is the deborah lefave case mm -hmm. um who lost her virginity to nick carter that sticks in my brain orlando or florida baby that's orlando for you <laughs> she, like nick carter yeah and you're thinking to yourself listening at home oh like the backstreet but yes that that nick carter um they were the same age it was age appropriate it was fine but like i always think of that and then the book Tampa by Alyssa Nutting, which I would recommend if you can stomach it. It's uh, based on these cases. It's like a teacher who is like genuinely interested, like she is a legitimate pedophile, not like whatever, if you want to get it technical about the descriptions, whatever. But um, it's a really, I hesitate to say good book, but whatever. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> it's well written. Uh, 
anyway, so this for some reason has just been like a morbid fascination of mine for a long time. And I knew that this movie was referencing that case. Yeah. So I I did come into it knowing I did wrote my husband into watching it with me. He said, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen throughout. Oh. <laughs> because um, he was upset like about the content or just like he genuinely so, I, just, yeah. I think that it's like upsetting when you, when you don't know what to expect. And I think also he didn't kind yeah. of get like, he didn't get the juxtaposition of like the dramatic elements of it with, some of the sillier elements that said Mm -hmm. the the classification as a comedy to me still is a little confusing Mm, is it is it classified as a comedy oh yeah it's it's in it's in the comedy category for um the golden globes that's wild it's a dark comedy because of because of because she says there are we don't have enough hot dogs dogs. (laughs) (laughs) okay but that did make me chuckle I, was like, I know it was funny, but like, but I think that's like that. It's like that scene, and maybe like one other scene. I don't know which one, but like that, it did make me laugh. I was like, mm, that is funny. And, and then, I think the music, like the juxtaposition of the score, which yeah. he didn't understand, but like for me, it just felt so reminiscent of the Lifetime movies. Yeah, yeah. That like I was like, oh, I get what's going on here, even if I don't know. I still haven't gotten a read on if that was the intention of the creative team. I think it was sensationalized in that way. Uh, But yeah, so yeah, it was it was very much like it was like a it was it was like meta in that way. Right. Of like it's uh, it's a lady who's acting in a move doing research for a role in a movie that is going to be campy about this lady. But also this movie itself is a little bit campy about this lady. Like it's just, all of it is very, very like even the, um, the, like the, I, I'm saying the print, like it was like, this is like 1992, but like, you know what I mean? Like the, the finish of the film, like the look mm-hmm. of the film was very much that too. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt very like early 2000s made for TV movie. So I totally got that part of it, but it was way sadder <laughs> than it was oh God. funny. So, yeah. so dark. Yeah. yeah. Rio, what, what are your thoughts uh, about Mary Kay Letourneau? <laughs> <laughs> pro, or get, uh, pro or con? <laughs> pro or con? Pro or against Mary Kay Letourneau <laughs> as a human being? Uh, the Mary Kay Letourneau story is like the plot to every adult movie in the last 30 years. It, you know, yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's like, yeah. And that's the thing, right? So um, I guess, yeah. So my memory of the Mary Kay Letourneau trial was, I remember it in real time. I remember when it happened. Um, it was like like summer 96, 97. I think by that time we had, um, I think we had kind of understood how these gossip stories work. I think it was yeah. that. And I think I remember John Benet Ramsey was the other one, right? Like hard yeah. copy stories, you know, things yeah. like that. Um, and what I recall about it, so two things. One is that the kid was exactly my age. The Ooh. kid was that Billy was exactly yeah. my age, right? Yeah. Um, so with that, it's kind of like, you know, you. it's very easy to like put yourself in the kid's shoes. Mm. Um, and so- I remember thinking about it that way. And then I remember thinking about like Mary Kay Letourneau in that sense that, you know, this is somebody that he had sex with. Right. And then you go, I get it, I guess. But then also like, is bro, like, was it worth it? She's like a mom. She has kids. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It was just, 
and again, listen, I'm not, I'm speaking for like 13 year old me. Right. Um, yeah. So I remember thinking that. And then I also remember thinking even at that time that this story is a story because a crime has been committed. But mm-hmm. the other part about this story is very obvious is that people want to talk about a 30 year old woman wanting sex and going mm-hmm. after sex and getting sex and people talking about her having sex. Right. I remember that part distinctly um, even then. Um, so, you know, I, 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 even then I was like, okay, so there's something, you know, that's like, if you swap genders, obviously this isn't a movie. Nobody would ever, ever, nobody would ever watch that movie. Right. So I remember thinking that, okay, this is different because it is an older woman and a younger boy. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea that this was meant to be a comedy or anything like that. To me, it was just dark. Um, And then I was like, how am I supposed to watch this movie? And I settled on like, they're both like antiheroes. It's like watching a gangster movie. Like you can't root for anybody in this movie, right? They're all terrible Mm -hmm. people, but you are following them. And then, so you like try to see, okay, what is the justification for their actions? And there's no justification for their actions and stuff like that. Right. So there was that. And then I don't know if the movie really hit on this, but I do remember thinking about this at the time also was that there's something to the race, Right. The fact mm-hmm. that he is, mm-hmm. yep. you know, I remember and I remember that about the kid that yes. know, Billy kid in the Mary Kay Letourneau thing also. Um, and obviously in this one, I think they hit on it kind of in like a side angle because she is very obviously a white suburban mom. She's a white suburban grandma. Right. Yeah. All of her activities are white suburban grandma. Right. She's like worried about the flower thing and she's worried about um the about the picnic and the barbecue and stuff like that right i'll tell you the the one part that i found really funny and i was gonna ask you guys this as wives which is you know i know it may be hard to kind of relate to this because i'm telling you to relate to a sex offender but as <laughs> wives, like in that scene when they're having a conversation and she goes like on graduation weekend did you like relate to that were you like yeah you know what this is a bit much for the graduation week there was, yes. hold on there was something in my notes that i was like i feel like they're trying to make this like a regular cup oh when uh when he gets in the bed and he's like do you want me to shower she's like what i would have wanted is for you to have not come in the bed smelling like yes. this yes. and i was like in that moment in that brief moment <laughs> to be clear I related to her. Do not take that clip out of context. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, listen, the way they bicker sometimes I was like, okay, this is like, there is, okay. So I, I think that there's this, uh, this thing that I've, you know, we, we talk about all the time, especially right now, like millennial uh, women married to men. There is this thing of like uh, men getting by on like being adorably incompetent like it's like men have sort of flipped that of like I like a damsel in distress like a new age of like damsel in distress is like dude who like just can't do the groceries like Sonia you always mm-hmm. post about the girls on TikTok that are like my husband's a dumbass like yeah. and it's so frustrating because it's like no your hu- your husband's a grown man and he should be able to take care of himself and you should be able to like have a normal conversation and like you should be able to do the so there is this thing right now where a lot of millennial women are like almost there's like this infantilization of their husbands of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, he's just a mama's boy who like doesn't know how to do anything. So like 
in that way, if you think about the relationship between like Gracie and Joe and how she sometimes talks down to him, like a because she he is a child, like it, yeah, I mean, and strictly not trying to take that out of context, like in that context of yeah. like in a consensual relationship that's not a pedophile, those arguments, I'm like, oh man, that has happened, right? Like where you're like, I've seen this before. This, unfortunately, I have seen this like interaction before so yeah as as a wife yeah that i that like during graduation did like we can't do this right now it's graduation week like that is those are things that like we yeah, think about you have but, fucking yeah. twins it's not yeah. just one graduation it's two graduations yeah. <laughs> it's so before i knew it was a comedy i thought that you know his infantilizing uh or you know, or whatever like him being a son to her was too obvious now mm-hmm. I thought that it was too on the nose. Like right from the right from the beginning, right? She's like, she gives him chores to do. Basically, mm-hmm. she talks to him like he's like a teenage boy, and you're like, well, is this too on the nose? But I guess if it's supposed to be a parody or a comedy or something, it's maybe. I don't, but I don't think it's supposed to be. That's why I'm confused right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like it's they're doing the orange is the new black route, where it's just like because there are funny moments and because we're up against like more traditional dramas they figure it might be a safer bet but like i feel like people reject it more i don't know i'm i'm speaking like i know anything i don't know a single thing (laughs) (laughs) i know nothing but yeah yeah, um i don't know and by the way i we got into this early but like i was reading an article before we hopped on about um the race dynamics of it all um Mm -hmm called hold on what is it called netflix's may december depicts real stereotypes of asian men by oh my god by michael kwan for pop sugar um and i thought it was just i mean like it's interesting because the article really leans into like this movie this story really plays into the dynamics of asian men being emasculated and subservient And obviously I can't speak on that to a personal level, but it's kind of like, you can't really blame the story for that. That's just the dynamics of the relationship. Mm -hmm. But all of the stuff about her weaponizing her white womanhood is throughout. And even how much, you know, like Elizabeth, right? That's her name. I don't know why I cannot commit any of these names to memory. But like, I only know know Gracie and... (laughs) And Joe. I, listen, we gotta, we, we gotta talk about the list at some point. We have to talk about the list because I need to understand. I need to understand. Like, what was the the logic? Because Mary Kay Letourneau didn't have no damn list, so I, so I don't know. I was well. Maybe are we gonna save the list talk for later? We um, can save the list talk. Wait, for later. did we finish the? Did we finish the summary? By the way. No, we did. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, kind okay. of the right. yeah, that, yeah, that's it. I, uh, the one thing I wanted to say on the topic of, like, the race factor, I do think the race factor does have a lot to do with it, just especially, like, just to, thinking back to the Mary Kay Letourneau thing. There was this, like, idea of, like, this – yeah, like, all the pictures of them always sort of were – always talked about like this white lady with like a cute little flippy hair, blonde haircut Mm -hmm. and like, you know, a suburban mom getting like sexualized or like getting like, you know, being, um, being seduced by this like 
brown Samoan kid, right? Like there is, there was that part of it. And yeah, that white woman, she's like kind of what she's using her white woman, her like white womanness to sort of protect herself, right? Like she gets to stay in the town and she gets to bake cakes for people and like she gets to be a grandma and all these things. And it's like, it's just so gross uh, because in real life we were, I like, I remember that very clearly of her sort of, even though she is the predator at the time being sort of uh, painted in a way where it's like, well, you know, of course she was going to be seduced by, it's so easy for her to be seduced by this like, you know, uh, like young, handsome brown man. And- so that's, I think, such yeah. an interesting part of it, especially in comparison to the movie because the choice I mean, obviously, the real life Billy Falau is um, like Pacific Islander. Yeah, he's Samoan. He's yeah. Samoan, and the choice to have a half Korean, like thinking about just within the diaspora, the different mm-hmm. type, mm-hmm. type, like stereotypes alone, how that changes the perception of who is how guilty any one particular person is. But like thinking about, for me, how easy it was to for the audience to sympathize in a way where like yeah if you want to talk about the emasculization all of that like I feel like your average audience goer isn't going to sympathize because they see Asian men as being more subservient Mm -hmm. so like the idea that of course they're going to give in to this woman versus like if it were a white child or a black child or any other Mm -hmm. like how that would affect sympathy for the victim yeah you yeah. know i was uh I, I think i was thinking about it from a different angle in that scene when um elizabeth is looking at those casting tapes right yes and the kids in those casting tapes are obviously children right and she makes mm. a comment that that's not what he looked like he was bigger and she says he was sexier yeah right. yeah they're not and sexy enough those kids yeah, yeah. um so i was thinking about that but you know, I, 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 I'm sure that her whiteness helps her kind of, you know, get totally. back into it. I was watching it also just, you know, as a dude. And I, the you know, you mentioned the the Deborah LaFerve, right? Mm-hmm. She was the one with the basketball pictures. Um, I think so. Yeah. So and that gets me to <laughs> Look my at second. you guys. You know all about your female pedophiles. <laughs> well, she was. <laughs> My trading card collection, you know, I've got, I've got. <laughs> pedophile pogs. <laughs> um, but, but I think that is the other thing that I was thinking about is, you know, those are the stories. And I wonder, because I don't think I've ever talked to you about this. Yeah. Um, it would be weird if I talked to Sony about this. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I don't know how it is that you guys receive or read those stories about the teachers right because i know that those stories in in the groups that i'm in with all the guys and stuff i know exactly how those stories are received right like and it's not just because i know terrible guys it's just how society receives them right like i am sure right now if i go to google and i and i just search for like the 10 hottest mugshots of teachers or something like that I am sure a list like that is going to come up, right? Mm. Um, and I remember having that feeling, like, because you hear these stories, and as a guy, you're also just like, victim, really? That dude really a victim? That That's kind of like what we are brainwashed to think since the yeah. 80s, right? Since like hot for teacher or whatever, right? 
Um, but I remember reading an article in Rolling Stone, I think it was like uh, somewhere in the mid 2000s, which is the first time that I read a story about one of these kids, one of these situations. It was a kid in New Jersey and he was like a wrestler and a jock. And the story was about him and the teacher. And it was the first time that I read that, yes, there are long lasting psychological effects for the boys mm -hmm. in these situations. Right. And you read that and you're like, well, of course there there are. But we don't treat these stories that way. At least the guys that I know don't treat them that way. How do you guys like look at the victims in those stories? I think for a long time, we were all on the same page, right? Like that was just what society told us. Like boys can't be molested in that mm -hmm. way by women. They can't mm -hmm. be raped by women. Like that didn't exist. Like mm -hmm. boys just want it for as soon as they hit puberty, they want it. So they'll take it from anybody and they should be so lucky to get it. <laughs> like that was until I think we started breaking down rape culture in a larger way in society and being like, no, it's, you don't necessarily want that. And then yeah. like, I think for the longest time, I think in this case in particular, I think something that made, or the Mary Kay Letourneau case in particular, what made it different is that, like, there were children born out of that. And I remember mm -hmm. thinking, like, oh, my God, like, his mom now has to take care of these babies yeah. because Mary Kay is in jail. Yeah. And, like, being like, well, that part was the part that was really, like, oh, that sounds really terrible. But, like, the rest of it was kind of just, like at the time like ick but now especially and nor i know you're in a similar position to me as a mother of a boy that mm -hmm. it's just like uh, jail uh, i would be in jail yeah uh absolutely agree with all that i think that there's also this thing right of like all along with you know uh, boys are they're always down for whatever like there was this idea that like um, like I, I think consent is something that like back when the Mary Kay Letourneau stuff happened, I mean, I was 11 or 12, like 11, I think. Right. Cause you were 13, right? Mm -hmm. Real. Right. Yeah. So I was 11. And so at the time, obviously I had no concept of consent in that situation. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, well he seems happy. So like, <laughs> I guess that's yeah. fine. Right. Like, I, I guess like that was okay. the thing with the story for so long that like, because they got married, it was like, I feel like a lot of society, even the people who were like, yeah, this is, this was wrong. But like, I, I'm, I'll admit to being a little guilty of feeling that way myself. Like, well, it worked out. They're adults now. It's yeah. fine. And then, yeah. like, kind of thinking about it more later and being like, oh, no, <laughs> he doesn't know any better. Like yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's um it 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 was all that kind of stuff like came into my mind later as as the story or as I got older. I just it just was something that I never had thought about before and I think also as a culture we had not thought about it, especially when it came to boys. Um like kind of related to Bravo, like on Real Housewives of New Jersey, Joe Gorga says all the time how he lost his virginity when he was like a little kid to some older woman in italy what? and like yeah i remember this yes oh like why do God. i have this information in my mind but also like makes so much sense why he like he is the way he is right that like explains so much <laughs> yeah like so it's like that kind of stuff right and and it, of course, uh, Joe Gorga is like the furthest from this, but like he's not the kind of person who would ever try to take the the 
moment to think about the impact of that on his life or as like a person. But that is the culture, right, of men that we exist in where men are, it's like, kudos to you for getting it in no matter how you got it in, right? Like it's kind of, it's like that. So especially with the Mary Kay Letourneau stuff, like those are all the sort of things that like I had not thought about. And yeah, it was like, well, they're married now. So I guess it is what it is. And I think also from a cultural perspective, not even just like the the relationship, obviously, she's his teacher and all that was very problematic. I think something that like Raheel and I have talked about a lot before, which is that culturally speaking, South Asian culture, we see a lot of age differences, like mm-hmm. not with older women and younger men, but older men and younger women. It's really common. Like it's something that we've seen quite a lot. And we know people who have been married for 30, 40, 50 years with these like 15 to 20 year age differences. And you're just like, well, I guess like sometimes the grooming works out. I don't know what to say. Like that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a crazy statement, that's, right? Yeah. And then you you just don't know because you don't want to think too deeply in it because you're like, they look, seem like a happy couple. So then in my mind, I'm like, well, if I'm, I'm giving grace to these people I know in real life, why can't I do it with Mary Kay Letourneau? Well, then I watched some interviews of Mary Kay Letourneau as an adult, like before when they were still married, there's like that one of them that went around. The one that they that used that they, they used. used the line in the movie. Yeah, exactly. The one that they used in the movie where she's like, who was the boss with us? Like, who was the boss? You know who the boss was, right? So that like whole interaction between Mary Kay and uh, Billy in like real life, once that stuff started to come out, I was like, oh, this is fucked up. Yeah, like, no, they, they are not star-crossed lovers. She no. is a villain. <laughs> she yeah. is a villain. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah well, okay, if we're going to be doing hot takes, then okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, go ahead, real. No, so, I, you know, I think that's the point. I, I think, you you know, you're touching on us seeing age differences between men and women, especially us growing up with the culture. Um is I think why these stories of women, um, you know, going after younger men, we are we treat them differently, is because you know a man going after a younger woman is just called society. It's just called <laughs> what has happened uh, in all of human history. You know what I mean? Well, somehow it's so normalized, and it's mm-hmm. more normalized and more frowned upon. Yeah. Like I don't know how that works, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, like right now, I know that, you know, I could send this story and I know exactly how, like, I know the gif that the that the guys are going to send me. It's the one from South Park because South Park did an episode about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a cop saying nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so yes. that story, that story that I read in Rolling Stone, one of the things that I still remember to this day is that when the kid was found by the cops, right? Like, I think they were caught in a car or something. The kid told the cops what happened. And a cop high-fived him. And he said, I promise I'm not going to tell anybody. Oh and then it went on. Oh, my God! <laughs> and, you know, I know it's wrong. I know it's messed up. I know the kid had problems. But I also say, eh. You know. Real, I'm no. Joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think about it, too. There was that Adam Sandler movie about it uh, in the 2010. Uh, yeah, that was his Andy Samberg, uh, oh, Adam Sandler vehicle. Was my boy? Yeah, so that's that's yeah. my boy. That's my boy. Um, yeah. Adam Sandler 
it was who played the Susan Sarandon. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and and Andy Samberg was his long lost child that he conceived with this teacher, and it's like he he ha ha so funny like <laughs> no at well, all like, yeah well even like stifler's mom right like that from american pie that's your friend's mom right like yeah. or even the song stacy's mom like it's also, all bad by the, like, by the way these are all names of very popular pornographic websites <laughs> <laughs> i yeah that's <laughs> yup that's <laughs> So it's kind of, yeah, it's interesting because you're saying like older men with younger women is so normal and also so much more frowned upon, whereas like younger younger men with older women is weirdly, it's accepted in a way, but also like when it's, when it's frowned upon, it's treated like the worst thing in the world. Like this woman is just like the biggest monster in the world, right? Like it's just, it's, it's weird. It's, it's like a weird, strange, like we, like everything is true dynamic. And I think that's like going back to the movie, that's kind of like how this movie was set up where I'm like, oh my God, everybody's a bad person here. Um, so speaking of bad people, at what point in the movie did you realize that Natalie Portman's character is a crazy ass bitch? I think when she like hung up on her husband, it was like, uh, or her fiance or whatever. It was like, oh yeah, somebody from the network's calling. <sighs> <laughs> Again, not that I, not that I don't wouldn't do that (laughs) it's not that it wasn't relatable it just was like he was trying to like reason with her about the situation like hey maybe she's like not mentally well and she was like yeah whatever anyway yeah yeah loser get off the phone like you know yeah i think yeah go ahead bro no no go ahead Oh, I think for me, I can't remember which scene came first. I couldn't, I don't know if it was where she is writhing around on the floor of the back room of the pet shop (laughs) or by herself, or if it was the scene where she goes into explicit detail to high school students about what it's like to film a sex scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like, I was like, "Mm, I don't know which one it is, but. I really feel like the thing about that too is like the added layer of like you are also forcing this child to think about her parent like yeah the illicit nature of her parents having sex for the first yes. time yes. so in addition to it just being wildly inappropriate to speak that way to children uh there's one child in particular that it was like bonus affecting so oh, yeah, yeah. well so I, you know i know <laughs> i know elizabeth is a bad person right I don't know if I'd call her a bad guy, though. Like, I I think of her as somebody who has a laser focus on what she wants. And what she wants is anything that she can get for her acting. You know, whatever Mm -hmm. that means to her, right? Like, her job, her sole purpose there is just to get, you know, whatever she wants to discover the character, right? That's her end goal. She is also somebody that knows the power that she has. And she enjoys messing around with that power, right? So like the moment for me when I knew that, okay, this is somebody that enjoys messing around with the power that she has. And she's basically just an asshole at the end of the day, more so than anything else, because she's just like playing around with this poor little high school kid. His name is Cameron, by the way. And I know this because she says his name in a very seductive way in her does, Yeah. And, you know, speaking as somebody who was a teenager for six years, that poor son of a bitch has, he has no shot. He's not coming out of his bedroom for the next three weeks. He's doing it. Oh, my God. He is done. 
right? <laughs> and so that's who she is. She's just somebody that knows the power that she has on on men. And in yeah. every single scene, in every single interaction that she has with men, she uses that power to get what she wants. And she uses that, you know, she uses her, she uses that flirtation to whatever degree it is. Like she only puts in as much effort as she needs to. So like she doesn't try that hard with the pet shop guy. She just knows that he's going to let her into the back room anyways. She doesn't have to yeah. seduce him. Mm. All she has to do is just talk to him. Um, I think the most interesting one was when she goes and she talks to the ex-husband, right? Mm-hmm. Like her makeup in that scene, she is her. she's dressed up like a 70s glamour star, right? Mm. And like, and it's like so obvious that she's just trying to seduce him. And that guy, and and you know, this is the one thing that I noticed about the movie is that all the men are fucking morons. All the men just cannot wait <sighs> to so just true. turn over all the information, right? Like the husband, the ex-husband starts crying in front of her. Like he's mm-hmm. just vulnerable. Uh, the husband, Joe, he's mm-hmm. like an awkward 13-year-old kid in front of her. Like yeah. he's just, he can't handle it, right? Um, even like I remember when she's talking to the director, she just asked the director about his wife. Because yeah. she knows that it's going to turn the director on. And you can hear him get turned on. And then mm. he gives her the extra time that she needs to stay for the movie. He's like, I yeah. don't have the budget for this. And she just asks him about his wife. And the next thing you know, she has the extra days. So I look at that and I'm like, well, that's just somebody that knows the power that she has. And she's going to use it. And again, I think it goes back to like, well, in the society, you know, men have it pretty good. If you are being like so easily manipulated kind of a jackass but if somebody can do it then i say you know god bless good for you elizabeth that's what I. you think. basically just crafted a very good defense for only fans but that's and god bless <laughs> like you know what i and mean god bless because sex work is work in this house yeah wait, absolutely uh, absolutely I, did, yeah. I didn't know only fans needed defending could but i would only just take the bar if i have to <laughs> You know, I think it's interesting you're talking about like how she's able to wield her time or like her interactions with men in a way that she gets to like get information out of them. The only man that she can't do that with is Georgie because Georgie's a gay man. Yep. Right? Is that mm. is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Right? The son, mm. right? Yeah. And um and so in the interactions she has with Georgie, you could tell that she's actually a little bit like She's not. I her don't regular, know what to do here. Yeah, like, she's like she doesn't know how to use like sit and she feels unsafe. She feels uncomfortable. She feels like she. You could tell that she feels very much not in control. So in those situations, you can like tell she's out of sorts, right? And it's that's because she can't use her sexuality in a way to like control this one interaction that she's having mm-hmm. with. She can't just be an actress who like gets by on just being like glamorous and beautiful and like gets to like get into spaces, you know. Um, we'll get into the Georgie conversation because, like, that was one of my, like, favorite twists in the movie. Mm. Um, But, I mean, I think, Elizabeth, you were saying, like, you don't know if she's, like, a bad guy as much as you're just, like, is it is it bad for women to be able to be in control uh, in a world where men have historically used this con- control in a similar yeah. way? I mean, it's tough, guys, because I'm of the th- – I'm of the school of thought that like just because people just because men are toxic doesn't mean that women when they get in power should also be toxic. But Mm -hmm. I can see the desire 
and the temptation to want to do that. And hey, maybe if I was in that position, I would also be a little bit toxic. I don't know. I've never had that much power. But <laughs> you know, as a guy, the the thing that I was thinking about in that moment, I was like, yeah, you know, she obviously she has sex with Joe, so she's technically ruined wrecking a marriage. But then I was like, you know, I don't bat an eye when James Bond does it. Like I think that's you know, people say James Bond, like, you know, seducing women left and right and using his sexuality. Is something that you know we're taught to aspire to. So I'm like, you know, I really can't hate on a person for using it. I mean, and don't take this clip out of context either. But I don't think the <laughs> cheating was the problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, if anything, it was like I you're you're glad that he gets that moment to experience somebody else and have a little bit of freedom. But then, like the the come down of that, like the thing that I think does make her a bad guy is that she doesn't give a shit who she's hurting in the process of accomplishing those goals i mean it's Mm -hmm. one thing to you know sort of flirt with somebody to get a little information it's another thing to take a person who you know has been traumatized who you who you are in who you would assume you're in agreement about being traumatized and is still actively like existing in that trauma space and and just treating them like a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she's no different than Gracie in that way of like, of I mean, real, I guess I recognize that there's an age thing, but emotionally <laughs> speaking, right. You could tell Joe, the way he moves in the world is like a stunted 13 year old. Like you could mm-hmm. tell he lives in that trauma, right? He lives, he doesn't know how to be around women. He's very awkward. Um, the whole interaction between the two of them, how happily, gleefully he like hops into bed and he's like so excited to plan the rest of their life yeah. together from like this like 30 second sex moment that they had. And like the way she he's like, well, what did like she he's shocked to hear that she doesn't like have have desires to run away with him. Right. And she turns around and she says that thing of like this is just what grown-ups do. Ooh. She's aware Ooh. that this yeah. kid is like, yeah, he's in his 30s, but he's very much still a child. The way he like stands, like the, oh my God, the Charles Melton's acting of how to be a grown man who looks like they're 13 was amazing. Yeah. Because of just like how awkwardly he stood and how uncomfortable he felt around in his own body. Like that was such, a, it's a stunted person. And Elizabeth is very smart and she's aware that this is a stunted person so yes there's no age like there's there isn't that age difference but she's still a predator because she's still using him in a way that you know it's a that's fucked up (laughs) i mean a line that i caught in this watch through that i missed in my first time was when she visits him at his radiology job Mm. and the first thing is like that whole conversation about the fact that like the kid broke his arm doing something that 13 year olds do, which really highlights like what he should have been doing at 13 mm-hmm. versus the trajectory of his life. Right. But then Elizabeth starts making these comments like, oh, I can see like the appeal of like sneaking around with you. Yeah. And yeah. then she uses like the classic line of like, you're not going to tell anyone, will you? Like, yeah. you know, and I was like, oh, Um, here's the thing oh god (laughs) you guys are completely correct (laughs) Neil is still a horny 13 year old (laughs) counterpoint Elizabeth 
looks like Natalie Portman. <laughs> and at the end of the day, that is all that matters to 99.99% no, of men. No, because the 0.01% are fucking liars. Because it's <laughs> what matters to all men. Um, so Elizabeth and Gracie. Now we can talk about the lisp. Elizabeth is mirroring Gracie. She is really trying to, you know, learn what it's like to look like her, act like her, speak like her, even sit like her, cross her legs like her. And she's picked up along the way (laughs) Gracie's lisp, which Julianne Moore, I was like, was the lisp sometimes there and sometimes not? But like, it was such a prominent part of both of their characters. I just loved it so much. I could not get past it. Like, it, I want to know if, if anybody who didn't like the movie would have liked it better if she had just spoken like Julianne Moore, or at least done some, like I, I get the little girlification of her voice. I want to know if that was part of that decision. Um, Yeah. I want to know everything about the choice with the list. I like have so many questions. So I also want to the- know if at what point like Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman were doing lines and then they were like, what if we just add a lisp here? And then they both <laughs> were like, you know, that meme of like two delusional girls saying exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the lisp was so prominent and so noticeable that at a certain point I was like, well, are they actually trying to tell us something about her? Like, is the lisp actually fake? Is it a put on for the character? Mm. Even mm. Because, you know, she does say uh, at one point she says, I'm very naive. I've always been oh. naive. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. Can we can we talk about that line? What, yeah. Like, uh, complete, yeah. complete your thought. But like, I want to talk about that line because there's yeah. oh. no. But but that's basically it. Right. Which is like, OK, this is because by the end of the movie, you know exactly who she is. You know that she is way fucking smarter than Natalie Portman thought that she was. She knows the- exact and and you know the ending is probably my favorite scene of Julianne Moore is because and even though I thought it may be a little bit too on the nose, but she goes hunting, right? And yeah. in that moment, she is a literal predator, right? Yeah. And mm. she fully embraces the fact that she's a predator. And then she's like, Yeah, this is just who I am. So if you are that person, it's not beyond you to fake a lisp. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought of it. Because that's the only thing that made sense to me. Okay. I, I do want to say, too, just about that last scene, because it's so funny that you picked up on the predator part where my bigger focus was, and maybe this is like the wife and mom of it all, that I was like, they have this big fight. He's left to take care of the kids, to do everything that needs to get done. And she fucked off and did her own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what stood out to me was like, Mm -hmm. that is just like another example of how selfish Mm -hmm. she is and how little she cares about the people around her is that she was like, I don't give a shit that it's graduation day and whatever. You made me upset. I need to do something to reclaim my power. Yeah. 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 So I'm literally going to go hunting as a predator because you're, yeah, because in this moment between the two of us, I'm not in power, right? Um. I that the interaction between Gracie and Elizabeth and the look on Natalie Portman's face when she realized that she's been got is really was like my favorite. <laughs> it was just it was gangster. Like I, was, I feel so silly calling it no, that, it but was, it really felt it like a like a she like checked her gangster and been like, Oh, you thought you yeah. you didn't know that I I bitch I run this town. Yeah. You, I, you I, might I, have I, thought, but you're wrong. Yeah. I swear at that moment. The thing that I thought was, I was like, she's fucking Tony Soprano. That's yeah. who she is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
Right. She yeah. thought, like, you thought, this is my city, bitch. Like, <laughs> this is my city, bitch. And you think you're going to come here and pull one over on me? I've got eyes and ears everywhere. These yeah. people love me. And, like, and that was the best part. Because then it, like, it fucks up Elizabeth's performance. Yeah. Like, she is she is then not able to, she's, like, so in her own head about, like, who Gracie, like, it completely ruined all of the work that she had been doing up until that point, and and then ultimately potentially ruined the movie, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, because then that scene at the end of the movie when she's doing take after take after take of just being a creep with the snake and all and the little kid, it just I was like, oh god, this is so uncomfortable to watch, and I can't mm-hmm. get enough of it. Yeah, real good. You were gonna say something? You no, know, so just uh, the, you know, other interactions with them. Um, I don't. I just had a question, like when they're putting the makeup on. Uh, when she's yeah, putting, is that a thing women do? No, like I don't. No. Not that was weird. Not the straight okay. ones. Like no. I mean, that was very sex sexual it was. to me. I like know, it was very it was. intimate and very. I guess it's like. I guess it's like the idea that you are like making me into a version of me, like it, mm-hmm. like the yeah. intimacy of it of turning you into. You, yeah, like it's I don't know, yeah, because you know throughout the movie they do show Natalie Portman putting applying her makeup herself, right? Mm-hmm. And it is like okay, she's putting on war paint. She's putting on war paint to take on these men in whatever way that she needs to put on, mm-hmm. you know, the war paint, right? And in that moment, she doesn't have control. Somebody else is completely in control of how she is viewed in the world because somebody else is putting on her face for her and she just yeah. she doesn't know how to handle it i don't know but it was very intimate and i i don't remember how the scene ended because i kind of blacked out <laughs> <laughs> well i think also the um uh, natalie portman's um makeup and hair choices were very um intentional because by the end of the movie if you compare her what the way she looked when she first arrives in Georgia versus at the end of the movie at the graduation she's fully morphed herself into Gracie like her the way her hair is curled the way her hair is parted she comes in with bangs she's not bangs anymore like everything the way her makeup is done the way she's standing everything she's turning in herself literally into Gracie she's there for way more days than she had originally intended she has sex with her husband so that she knows what it feels like to have sex with Joe like it all of it is so psychotic it's so crazy uh, yep. But it's so interesting because she literally turns herself into her and only to realize that she's been got. And, uh, right, that she incredible. has no understanding of her at all. She has no understanding of this woman at all. Um, would you say that this movie has a protagonist or an antagonist? I think this is an Am I the Asshole subreddit. <laughs> like, ESH, everyone sucks here. <laughs> like, Except for Joe. I feel like Joe. No, that's, yes. Joe is very much excluded from this narrative. I, just say it go 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 ahead i think the way that the movie is constructed because again i think i'm looking at them as anti-heroes right i think the protagonist is julianne moore you know and it's a crazy (laughs) thing to say but that is who that is you also love tony soprano that that's the thing and you know i think (laughs) by the end of the movie the movie tells me that this is my protagonist it's a fucked up protagonist but it's a protagonist and i know that also because of the fact that this is a movie you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this wouldn't be a movie otherwise. Like yeah. it, it, like this person, this character, even though they're vile and evil 
and a manipulator and all those things, right? There is enough to this person that it deserves some sort of like a closer look. It deserves some sort of scholarship. And at the end, she has a winning moment. She wins oh, at the God. end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I was thinking about Joe. Um, but for me, Joe was, you know, I couldn't get behind him because that 13-year-old boy part of him, you know, even the way that he can't handle smoking a cigarette with his dad or uh, smoking a joint with his son, right? It was... I don't know. I, I was, I, this is fucked up, but I was like getting annoyed with him when I know I should sympathize with him. Right. Mm. And it, it was just, it was just weird. And the one thing I did like about Joe though, was he was a pretty good girl dad. Like such with- a good dad. Yeah. yeah. Really yeah. great dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really sweet dad. Um, I think that's the parts of this, the, the, movie where you saw Joe being so uncomfortable in these situations. Again, it just reminded me of the fact that he's so uncomfortable in his own skin because he doesn't know who he wants to be, except for when he's with his children. When he's with his children, Mm -hmm. he's like so fully um, involved and you could tell, but you can also tell that the children, the twins graduating is a chapter of his life that he doesn't know what he's going to be when the kids are no longer around. Yep. When the kids are no longer around, all he's going to be left with back is Gracie. And that's the only a full-time time job in and full- of itself. Yeah, it's a full-time job in and of itself. But also the relationship changes because he likely – I think the way that they kind of showed it is that he very much was in this marriage still with this woman for the children. Like he loves those children. Mm-hmm. I think – I don't know if it was you, Sonia, that tweeted it, but Billy Flau, he uh, separated with um, – he separated from Mary Kay Letourneau around the same – when his children were on the same age that he was when they were so the thing about that is we were talking about this before you hopped on like he didn't it was never really clear if he left her because he didn't want to be married to her anymore or because he was venturing into a business that did not allow him to be married to a felon oh okay well that changes things (laughs) yeah i mean yeah yeah. i mean like i i think that like it's it's a I mean, she did apparently like leave when she died um, that she did leave, I think, like a chunk of her estate to him. So I think that the relationship was still there. The feelings were still there. But I mean, I don't think that's uncommon with divorce. I mean, obviously, the leaving of estate is but like the 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 feelings being a little bit messy, you know, that's not uncommon in any divorce. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but with him, with Joe's character, I definitely felt like he was, you know, when he's standing in the, in, in, he's not sitting with the family and he's crying watching his kids graduate. I think some of the reason why he's crying is because he has to figure out who he's going to be because he is still the victim in this marriage with this woman who is a predator and is in control and he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know who he wants to be and he's just cheated on his wife and he's like obviously tried to do this before too. He's like flirting with random girls in a bug website. (laughs) In a bug Facebook group. Like it's, you know, all of it. He's just, it's just so sad that, I mean, he's not a protagonist. He's just a sad sack. And like, you just, you can't not feel bad for him the mm-hmm. whole time. But also, uh, Charles Milton is, uh, Milton is very handsome. And I, I, I think that him. affects the, I think that affects the sympathy <laughs> of it all too. Because he's, he's a fine as hell. 
He's so hot. This is the problem. This is exactly the problem. <laughs> no, we're it's not, not a saying problem. he was hot. We're not saying he was hot when he was 13. We're saying he's hot as a 30-year-old. Like, <laughs> Yeah, how old is he, by the way, the actor? He's uh, he's 31 now. Okay. Uh, 32? Yeah. He's born okay, in 91. Fine. I mean, it makes me feel better. Yeah. Although I do still love Jalen Hurts. And Raheel informed me the other day that – who's that uh, football player that you said? Sa- Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley yeah. was apparently not born – um when i was 13 so <sighs> there is that too um Just but unfortunately yeah the math well the- you know adults now that's what's important <laughs> exactly that's what i say <laughs> uh, okay um sonia is there a scene that stuck with you oh and also i want to go back to naive the the part oh, where yeah, yeah, let's, yeah okay i could i feel like i could talk about that forever i, yeah. I won't um but i just feel like the first of all like saying it it's just like I'm naive I've always been that way it's like is she does she believe it is she saying that because she knows that it will deflect responsibility off of her like because that was a little bit of a gangster moment too where she was Mm -hmm. just like looking at her in the mirror like don't you step out of line like don't you question me or what's happening here like how much does she believe it and then of course again it's the the white woman of it all of just oh my god like the theses that could come out of just those couple sentences alone profound i just exactly I, i think the other moment that you knew right away that she's not a dummy is when they're having that dinner and um now Elizabeth asks her if she's still in touch with Georgie, and right away she's like, "Why? I thought the movie was going to be uh, it was going to take a, a place between ninety one and ninety four, right? Only when the only when the affair is going on. So she knows enough to know that okay, this is a person she's going to make a judgment on me, but I don't need you to be looking into shit that I'm uncomfortable with. So mm-hmm. it told me right away this is a very smart person. Oh, so yeah. every time that mm. she was acting naive. I was just like, oh, you son of a bitch. I know yeah. what you're doing. And you have to be a a, a very uh, bold and uh, unashamed person to still continue to live in the town mm-hmm. where you're like ex-husband and family and grandchildren and yeah, everybody. Yeah, like just the that, idea right? that she's like – she makes it sound at that point like she wants to be around for them because they have access to her. But like they could have had a joint dinner if they were really that close still. Yeah. Like, yeah. but they show up at the restaurant. It's just kind of like, and we don't really ever see their faces. It's just kind of like, oh, hi, nice to see you type thing. And like, you're not that good with them. I don't know. So, yeah. 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 Um, were you rooting for anybody in this movie? The kids. Yeah. Yeah. The kids. Certainly. Yeah. Especially considering they were, you know, giving it right back to her. Yeah. I was especially the daughter who got body shamed at the oh both well technically both of them got body shamed but one of them in the present that of when we're watching and one prior to that yeah Um, and also like that whole thing with like the scale like her saying like yeah yeah this is just tradition this is what we do right like which again the white woman I'm sorry you know you're gonna get even more complaints about race and (laughs) but it's literally just like. It really that is just such like white woman culture. 
I yes. mean, obviously, I, I, I know that it's not just white Eating women, disorders but just- span a lot of split, but Western, right. Western but- culture is very heavily weight and body. It, and like that, that Southern culture of just like, I was, it was part of a larger home decorating project. Yeah. And like, just even the way she says to her daughter, like she doesn't straight out say you look fat in that dress your arms look fat in that dress it's like that backhanded compliment that it just is so that very specific type of white thing that I would observe among my friends that like they felt bad about their bodies for as long as they can remember in that very specific type of way though yeah yeah the you're so brave for doing that you're so yeah. you're so i you're wish i was like woman. yeah you're so you're, right. a modern you're a modern woman <laughs> and also this thing that gracie does like going back to the scale right where like her daughter's like that's really fucked up that you gave me a scale gracie does these things that make her seem like she's a woman of tradition where she's like no this is just what we do in our family like my mother gave it to me when i was younger and now i'm giving it to you because this is just what we do in our family as if she is a person of tradition and family and not a 36 year old woman who fucked her son's 13 year old friend like Mm -hmm. it says it's that whole thing of like constantly putting up this facade of like being able and and white women get to do that right where they just get to say a thing and now we have to believe that it's true because that's the narrative that they're selling and that's the narrative that we have to believe because that's just what they've said so right because they get to function in the world as like singular people and so it's like no you can't say that about me because i'm telling you who i am and you just have to take it for face value and she has, she's obviously had a lot of practice in that, yeah, right? Because they always do. And because <laughs> she has that, she has that whole line about having older brothers and being a military kid. You know, obviously people can, uh, those stories are told so that you can paint yourself in a very specific way. Yeah. Right? Like it's mm. like, again, this traditional, oh, you know, it's just a little girl. I have two older brothers as protected and i didn't know i'm so naive yeah 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 exactly i do have one controversial take in relation to the children and i guess the dynamic overall and this is like another i don't know just another pop culture thing i've just been thinking about so all i could think watching the daughters was how much they look like the goslin girls oh my god yes and that um that uh uh john goslin is half korean yeah and i mean there is i don't i used to be obsessed with that show i don't remember if i don't think there was obviously as significant of no i think he's like a year younger than her yeah i think that they are close an appropriate age difference but like i do remember the dynamic of that show being you know i think about this all the time of her going like he was very 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 much under disciplined i was very very much over disciplined mm-hmm. and just like how that effect like she you know all those clips of her being so mean to him which you know he was kind of a shitty husband but like, <laughs> you know but also like that doesn't justify the way that she would treat him all the time i don't know i kept wondering if that affected the casting i mean i don't think it had i think the dynamic was more obviously referencing these other cases but just how that came into if if that came into play at all in relation to characterization yeah it definitely flashed in my mind and i think for two reasons one is obvious right it is that they're half asian and half white and the second thing is there is an older daughter and then there's twins right and there is the Mm -hmm. whole thing about 
you know, obviously there were six kids or whatever that Kate Gosselin had, but the fact that there were multiple second children and they were like older children. So yeah, it definitely, I don't know how much it played into the story. I don't know how much it was influenced, but it definitely flashed in my brain. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did think it was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I I definitely thought I thought of that too. Yeah. Well, I did. Th- I forgot there was one other line too. Just to pile on white women some more. It was there was <laughs> there was that line where she where they were talking about how they met, and she first of all cannot really get the story straight, despite the fact that like did they meet at the pet shop? Did yeah. they? Because it's never really clear whether or not Georgie and and Joe were ever friends or just classmates. Yeah. But like in the in the answer of how did you guys meet she was like well i heard about his family long before i ever met them because they were the first korean and he corrects her and goes half half yeah yeah like yeah. i and i wondered whether that cuz the fact that he points that out i think you you mentioned this earlier about the fact that he is half korean like i don't know something about that i felt like we like i need i need to like think a little bit harder about why that was pointed out and why in the movie there's no relationship like with his mom but there is a relationship with his dad who he goes to visit who he brings groceries for like i don't know there was just something so my mom died is that what it was in in regard to the parent situation i wonder if that was like a flip because i know with billy like it was always his mom his Mm -hmm. mom was always very much involved in this that i think it might have been a little two on the nose to make it the mom so they decided yeah. to do the dad um but i mean as a a multi-racial person like it's kind of in certain instances like it's fine if i identify myself as black but for other people to be like a black family like yeah. it, you know like like my mom tells a story about how like when we first moved into my neighborhood um a a woman said to her like oh i'm glad to see you here and that it wasn't like both of you uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why you know, know, man? <laughs> i mean am i right but uh yeah like i i do wonder if it's just especially because like savannah i mean it was so bravo took it off the air because it was so racist like that's yeah, you, yeah. And we all yeah. know how many times that's happened. Like, yeah. you know, the Southern Tribe Savannah. So, you know, and I've only heard about like, and Savannah was like, apparently like, even by the standard of like cities in enslavement situations, like apparently was like especially bad, um, <laughs> like relative to how bad everything was in general. I mean, just it's, it's, it's a hostile place to non-white people um yeah so the idea of her just identifying them as korean and erasing this element of his identity to me felt like a choice of just being oh yeah he's whatever they're korean and he yeah was like hold on <laughs> like yeah. yeah oh no that's a really good point yeah um who uh do you think like acting wise won the movie for you uh, charles mountain yeah. run that man his things like <laughs> a, a, I forgot who he's up against and I'm like, damn, that might be a tough one. And it might be Jacob Elordi, which I think would be very interesting given how they both got their starts um, and how that ultimately transitioned into more mainstream, like accepted, mainstream accepted, not even mainstream period roles and like how Jacob Elordi has just been like, man, fuck the kissing booth. That shit is mad corny. And meanwhile, uh, Charles Melton called Riverdale his Juilliard. 
Oh. So, um, is Jacob Elordi nominated for Saltburn? Or no, for uh, Priscilla. Elvis? I think oh, Priscilla. Priscilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Here you go. You want to talk about age <laughs> You want to talk about age Hello. Power oh, dynamics. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know. <laughs> the biggest rock star, the biggest pop star in the world, and a 14-year-old. Yikes. Um, Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. Real, how about you? For me, uh, Natalie Portman is having just a great fucking time. And I she love is having what. a great time <laughs> in this having, movie. She's just at the pet store. She's just full on, just just going to town. Um, the scene, the the drama scene, just fantastic. Just playing with the little boys like they're her dick, right? <laughs> And then, you know, I gotta say, Gemini's not beating she because her birthday is very close to mine. Gemini's not beating the evil allegations for sure. <laughs> uh, but my favorite scene, like the most impressive scene to me, was her monologue um, oh, because yeah. of exactly mm. you know. I think in that moment, I saw who, like, what she at the end of the day aspires to, um, and that is just to find her character. And in that mm. moment, you do see how she thinks of Gracie. This is before she knows who Gracie actually is. But within that monologue, you see a person who is deeply troubled, but also deeply believes that her love is real, but is still conscious, conscious enough to like know about, hey, this is going to have long lasting effects on the kids and stuff. So she fully knows at that point, she thinks that she fully knows who Gracie is, right? And yeah. she celebrates it. It's it's like she's having like a full blown orgasm at the end of it because she's just so excited at yeah. like finding the thing that it's all about to her. Side yeah. note: I do want. I'm now thinking about that letter and how he said that was like the one letter that was kept. Yeah, and how much of that was even just a, a manipulation tactic of just because it sounds so innocent of her just being like, mm-hmm. I just want to wait until you're 18 and like the kids are out of the house and I can get a clean nice divorce and everything will be fine like yeah. you know if somebody were to find that yeah like how it like you, you know in this case like it it further confirms in Elizabeth's mind like oh she's she's just some rube like yeah. she's yeah. she doesn't yeah. she's just like made a choice and it's like no she knew exactly what she was doing this whole time. Disgusting. Uh, right. well, who's, <laughs> who's it for you? Um, I mean, for me, it's also Charles Melton. Um, but also, like, there's a couple of, like, the outbursts that Julianne Moore has, right, of, like, the cake outburst, right, where she's, like, mm. sobbing hysterically or just, like, how quickly she switches from one to the other, like – She's just she's so good at that like whole I'm not I'm I'm pretending to not be in control but I'm fully in control thing and it is very much like toxic white lady shit like weaponizing her white ladiness and knowing very much like that she moves in the world with a level of power that she's going to pretend like she doesn't have but she's very aware that she has. So, that's fantastic. Ugh. Mm-hmm. What a film. Um any other thoughts guys as we wrap up this chat? The one line that I have come back to time and time again in this movie is, I can't tell if we're connecting or if I'm creating a bad memory for you. Oh, my God. With the sun. (laughs) That just that whole bit in general was just like, oh, my God, what a heartbreaking thing to say. But then also as like a parent like that, I think is a very real fear where you like think you're trying to be cool and be normal. I mean, not that I have this experience too much. My son is like a year and a half but like I you know you you 
think about those things in relation to your own parents. And like, you know, I just kept thinking too about putting things on your children or things being put on children emotionally that they are not equipped to handle or shouldn't be responsible for. And the fact that like Joe is in this prison of being responsible for Gracie's feelings a hundred percent of the time, like that text message he has with the lady from the butterfly group of being like, yeah, I, I know a thing or two about managing my boss's moods. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That whole interaction with him and then when he's like, dad, you don't have to worry about us. And he kind of sobs and he's like, it's all I do. All I do is worry about you, right? So like when he, again, is- Because in that moment, like nobody's worrying about him. No His dad isn't. Like his dad never did. He was responsible for his sister. There was this other adult who should be caring about him or should have at least evolved to care about him. And he's still- She's still, you know, needing something from him all the time. Like- yeah, exactly. And then he is at that graduation sobbing his eyes out because the thing that he does or he lives for is his children and caring about them and worrying about them. And it's like, when I don't have that, all I'm going to be left with is the fact that there's literally nobody caring about me. Right. And that's heartbreaking. So I loved, I love Charles Melton. Oh, and sorry, one last question. Why yeah. the fuck was she allowed on school grounds at oh, all? Oh, that's a really good but question. Then, but then yeah. why was he, why was he off on the side? Should, should, she's still on the registry. Why was she on school grounds? I thought he was just on the side because he like didn't want to sit with them. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. I guess, but like also, why was she that, there? Why was yeah. she? Why is she allowed on school grounds? She's a sex well, offender. Why, she's a white lady. Why are people buying cakes from her? Touche. <laughs> <That's, laughs> I mean, why is she not like right? Like, why has the boxes of shit in front of their house slowed down as opposed yeah, I to? Know. <laughs> you know exactly exactly yeah oh god what a film what a film well thank you sonia for being here by the way i did watch half of the crown very with a lot of difficulty okay it's really been it was a sad sad watch so Mm -hmm. far real hasn't watched any of it but um i did watch the barry sanders documentary if you guys want to talk (laughs) (laughs) oh okay um I do actually know who that is. Oh, so, no, of course. I yeah, sort of, of um, sort of. I only mostly know because I know that uh, Garth Brooks got so much shit for wearing a Barry Sanders jersey because people thought it was a Bernie Sanders reference. Oh, oh really? I didn't know that. It was very silly. Oh, but people that's... are very stupid. Yeah. Barry Sanders, a <laughs> uh, baseball guy, yeah? Running back. Football? Oh, yeah. Oh, wrong one. Garth oh, is probably this... wore a Barry Sanders jersey. You're thinking Barry Bonds? I'm thinking Barry, Barry Bonds. Bonds. Is, yeah. Correct. Yes, <laughs> look at us. Sports <laughs> girls. Yes. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, Raheel, we are going to record again later this week because I'm forcing you to watch Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Legacy. Oh. <laughs> speaking of speaking of white lady shenanigans. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I know. We just did an hour and 12 minutes on how awful white women are. And they're going to make me watch three episodes of that. Is that um, not what this whole sh- like this podcast, whole podcast is, is about? I'm <laughs> like, hello, I've made an empire on it. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, Sonia, where can everybody find you and your amazing takes? Uh, I am on, I'm mostly on Twitter and I'm not calling it that other thing. Uh, his mama no. named him Twitter. I'm gonna call him Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you can find me at Sonia Marie says. I'm I'm there probably too much. So. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. And real, we can find you on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs>